Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn over to Leviticus chapter 2. A couple weeks ago on a, um, well, Sunday morning, uh, a couple weeks ago on Sunday morning, I ministered and... um, uh, and getting ready for uh, this morning, uh, the Lord directed me back to this. And so we want to look at something uh, in particular this morning, uh, spend a little bit more time on one of these, uh, on one of the things that I brought up, um, uh, like I said, a couple weeks ago. Leviticus chapter 2. A couple weeks ago I said this might be the first time you've ever heard a message based out of Leviticus chapter 2. Well, now you get number 2. Uh, second round in Levitic, Leviticus chapter 2. I'll wait till I hear, uh, don't hear pages anymore and know that everybody's with me. It's good to follow along. You know, it's important you know what the Word of God says, not just take my word for it, but what's, what, what, what it's actually written there. It's important, amen? Leviticus chapter 2. Hallelujah. Leviticus chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour, and he shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, one of whom shall take from it his, its handful, or his handful of fine flour and oil with all the frankincense, and the priest shall burn it as a memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. So a couple weeks ago on uh, the first Sunday of this year I was ministering, and we talked about fresh bread and uh, think the fact that the Lord wants to do some fresh things in your life. Amen. God still has things he wants to do. You know, I hope you're not already at the point two or three weeks into the year where you're kind of falling back into the routine. God still has something fresh he wants to do in your life. The Bible says he daily loads us up with benefits. He has something for you daily, amen, something new every day. You know, in the Old Testament, if you read, uh, he provided for the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness, but they weren't allowed to store up yesterday's provision. They were required to, to, to eat what God had for them today, but then what was, whatever was left over, that was yesterday, go out the next day and get what he had for them the next day, right? So, and for our life, you know, God doesn't want us just to live on what we've had in the past. He wants us to stay hungry, to, stay, to maintain desire in our life for more of him, for what he wants to do. Because as much as God has done in your life, there is more to do. None of us have arrived. Can I get an amen out there? None of us have arrived. Myself and yourself, none of us have arrived. Amen. You know, we're all moving forward. We're all growing. And I tell you what, no matter where you are, no matter where you are in your walk with God, no matter how, uh, how things are going, no matter how good 2014 was, people say it's 2015 makes such a big deal. We tend, we tend as, as human beings, right, we, we, we take a new year and we approach it with a fresh start. The problem is a lot of times we get into it a little bit and then we just revert back to what we always done. So every year is always the same, Right. But, you know, God wants things, there are things God wants to do. There are things that God wants to do. There are things that he wants to do in your life. He wants you to be so different. When this calendar year turns over, now the Lord may return and we might all be very different. I'll be all right with that, wouldn't you? Amen, amen. Woo, let's go. My bags are packed, right? I'm ready to go. Come on, come on quickly. I mean, I'm ready at any time. <laughs> I don't know what that horn's going to sound like. That's, that's my sound. I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I'm looking forward to it. Amen. But, you know, he may come back and, and we will be very differently. But, you know, you can also be just, 
You can be changed so drastically this year, even if the Lord doesn't return in 2015, you can look back and it be a year of major growth. You know, and you're growing as a child. Some years, you know, you look at your, your school pictures as you're growing up one year, you know, to the next year may not look real different. I remember my second, third grade pictures, I actually wore the same shirt. I don't know why somebody didn't stop me, you know. Only difference was my hair was messier in one picture than the other. But it was like the same kid. I mean, I wore the same shirt. But anyway, um, there wasn't a whole lot of growth that year. But then from maybe if I, I, one, of, I don't know which year, but there were other years where the picture of this year and the picture of the next year was drastically different. I mean, it looked like a totally different person. Well, you know, you, this year can be kind of a year when you look back and your school picture your spiritual picture just looks entirely different. God wants things to change in your life. He wants you to, be, to move up. The Bible says we're being transformed from glory to glory, right? We ought to all be moving up, amen? So there are things that he wants to do. So we talked about this, and we talked about the fact that the grain offering was, was one that um, it was voluntary. It wasn't required for their, for their redemption or for their, uh, these were types and shadows of what we have in the New Testament and what we're living under in the New Covenant. And we're not going to get into all of that, but there were things that were, were required, and then there are other offerings that were optional. And the grain offering was an optional offering. It wasn't something that was required for their redemption. And the things that we talked about uh, two weeks ago were not things that are required for your salvation. Salvation is by faith in the Lord Jesus alone, believing who he is, confessing him as your Savior, right? I mean, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. That, that's, the, that's the only uh, details involved to be born again. Amen. But, you know, when you, how many know there's more than just being born again? There's, there's a whole lot more out there. And, uh, you know, so this, is, this was a voluntary thing. So we talked about the various things. We looked at uh, different aspects. And so I want to look a little bit more about one of the, the voluntary thing that's listed. And it says, we'll read again in Leviticus chapter 1. This was the first ingredient. When anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour. And we said a couple weeks ago that it's referring to the Word of God. One of the, one of the uh, uh, ingredients to a successful Christian life, to producing something, to, 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 to having something produced in your life, one of the ingredients that's needed is a steady diet of God's Word. Amen. It's something that's required. I love talking about this because it's something that's important to me. You know, when you, when you taste something that's good, when you get an appetite for something that's good, you don't mind talking about it. it, it and it's something that's too, it's for our benefit, it's for our blessing as well. But it's an optional thing. It's not required for salvation, but if you're going to live the life God wants you to live, if your 2015 is going to be different than your 2014, if it's going to be a major change year, you need to do this. And if, and if not, it'll be this, you wore the same shirt you wore last year. Right? You know, styles change, and they don't always look good on you later. <laughs> you know, what was in style spiritually a year ago may not look good on you today. And it could be something from God, but it no longer fits you right. It no longer looks right. It's out of fashion. Why? Because God has, is, is moving along. I don't want to be out of fashion where the things of God are concerned. I don't want to be out of, out of style where God's concerned. I want my style to reflect his style. I want, I, why? Because we're supposed to be a representation of him, right? We're supposed to be a, an image of him. Well, we have to make sure we keep up with the, the changing styles. Now, the word never changes. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't change. But, but we are changed as a result of the word. Amen? And so the grain offering was a volunteer thing. So I want to talk more this morning about uh, uh, spending time in God's Word. Now, let me just say this. Every time that this gets brought up, you can see an automatic glaze just come over people's eyes. Oh, he's talking about reading his Bible. Oh, you know. 
uh, you know, suddenly it's, you know, uh, we're, we have a room full of zombies in the room. No one, oh, let's just get out of here. And, and we all agree that it's important, but a lot of times people's reaction to it uh, is that way because they've not really caught or tasted or seen the value of it for themselves. Once you do, it's exciting to you. You, you know, if you're here this morning and you love God's Word, now let's, not I'm not going to do a raise of hands or anything because I don't want anybody to lie in church, but there are people who are believers, who are born again, love God, truly love God. They're on their way to heaven, but they really don't have a hunger for the Word of God. They really don't desire the Word of God. I mean, you know, over the years we've seen Bibles left in the church and, and then the next Sunday somebody comes back and they get their Bible and they leave it, you know, and, 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 and you know, when I realize there, there's estimated anywhere from 6 billion to 9 billion copies of the Bible in circulation around the world. That's a lot of Bibles. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I have, in my office alone, I probably have, well, I'll take out the 26 translations, that doesn't count, right? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I have probably, I don't know, 10 or 11 different translations, different Bibles in my, just in my office, you know. So a lot of times people have other things. And so I have, I have ones that I read at home and others. Now typically I do everything on my tablet. But uh, others that I read, others that I preach from, you know, because the print's bigger than another. We all have preferences. I get that. But, you know, there, there are, it's, sadly enough, it's the truth that there are many cases, and oftentimes this is the case where people, they love God and they, they want God's blessing in their life. They want, they want the, pr- the produce of the spirit-filled, God-indwelt life, but the Word of God isn't something that's important to them. They don't place real value in it, and because of that, they don't use it. They don't feel condemned this morning. People who do love God's Word started where you're at right now. It's true. Everybody starts there. You know, reading the Word of God is not something that your flesh just loves. Can I get a witness out there? Hey, it's not just something that that you just love to do in and of itself. Uh, because, you know, we'll we'll talk in a minute about uh, some things, but, you know, your flesh doesn't want to give up control of your life. And when you get into God's Word, it it starts showing you things where you have to make adjustments to someone else's will and not your own will. But, you know, if you want His results, you got to do things His way. You can't get His results doing things your way. It just doesn't work that, doesn't work at all like that. Man's ways creates problems, That's why the world's in the state that it's in. It goes back to Adam and Eve doing it their way messed everything up. Frank Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way, is not the right attitude for somebody who wants God's very best in their life. Unless you make your way his way, then you're you're all right, right? But every day is something you have to to crucify the flesh. you got to put it under. you got to make sure that you're causing, uh, that you're taking in what you need to be taking in. Amen? It says here in Leviticus, it goes on to say, when anyone offers a grain offering to the Lord, it shall be a fine flour. And we talked about a couple weeks ago that this is referring to the Word of God, but not just a casual uh, uh, opening the Bible as if it were the Reader's Digest or some novel, but actually getting into it and feeding on the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God. When you find flour, the difference between regular flour and fine flour is it's it's been worked. It's been it's been crushed. I'm not a cook, but it's been dealt with, worked in, refined, whatever it is you, you got to call it, you take, you say it. I don't know how you say it. But anyway, fine flour costs more than regular flour because more attention has been given to, uh, to it. It's not just a casual working. It t- requires more attention, right? And so meditating on God's word is, is, is so important. It's so important. Stay with me this morning. This is so important. To, to, and, and those who love God's word, you, you know what I'm talking about. 
And those who love God's word, you, this, this kind of a message this morning, that puts a smile on your face. Everybody's smiling. Nobody will know the difference, right? I mean, God's word is so good to get into. It's so important. It's so vital for your success. Amen? So talking about meditating on God's word, go over to me to Joshua chapter 1. I want to look at this. Joshua chapter 1, scripture that many of you know. Many of you probably could recite this. We don't need to turn there, but I want to look at it together. It's important. What is the big deal about God's Word? And we're going to look at some other things. I just want to start here. What's the big deal about the Word of God? What's the big deal? Why is it so important? Why is it an ingredient that, that you have to have? I mean, if you're making a cake, you're baking bread, and there's no flour, you're not going to have very good bread. Now, and, and let me say this. I said this before a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again. This is not the only thing. If you weren't here a couple weeks ago, go back and get the message. It was a wonderful message. If you can't toot your own horn, you know, who else will, right? So it was a great, you can hear angels singing throughout the whole thing. No, not really. All right, let's, let's not get carried away, right? But may, maybe you could, I don't know. But anyway, go back and listen to it. You know, the, you, you say, well, this is awful. This is not a real flashy message. You know, if, we, if, if your diet is only flashy things, if your taste is only for the flashy, you'll miss out on the supernatural all the time. Supernatural doesn't mean spectacular. It means supernatural. It means out of the ordinary, not something that's not produced by just human effort or human ability. Amen. Go back and listen to it. There are other things you need to have. You need to add in, your, in there the oil, which is the Spirit. God. You need to be a lifestyle to have God's best. You need to be full of the Spirit of God. Ooh, thank God for the Holy Ghost, right? And then praise and worship was one of the things you add into it. And then we talked about the heat. Nobody liked that part, but we talked about the heat. You need, you need some heat involved, right, to produce something. But um, talking about the, the flower here and, and the Word of God in jo uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, like I said, the scripture I know most of you can quote, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall, what? Meditate in it day and night. Why? so that you may observe to do, do according to all that is written in it. You know, where, no matter, the reason why we all have room to growth, grow is because none of us are doing everything that's written in it. None of us are doing everything that's written in it. None of us are doing everything. Did anybody make a mistake this week? That's it. Only like 12 hands went up. We, I tell you, Jesus is coming. I mean, any moment. We're, we're this close. Did anybody make a mistake this week? Maybe a bad attitude. Maybe said something you shouldn't have said. Maybe a little more touchy than you should have been. Do we need to meddle anymore? No, we're, we're all aware of our humanity, right? And God is aware of our humanity. That's why he's given us something that if we'll read it and meditate in it and then observe to do it, actually do what says, and then be pushing forward to be doing all of it. Not just settle, I'm, do, I'm doing good enough isn't. Good enough isn't. We should be pushing to do more. But, you know, at the same time, I'll say this. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, as the saying goes. Start where you are and let God progress with you. Let him move you along. He's not going to push you farther or faster than you can run. He's not going to do that, but he's going to be consistent to push you. Listen, if you have a trainer, someone who's training you at the gym, they're going to push you. That's why you hire them. That's why they're there. If they're not l urging you forward, then they're not worthy of the pay you give them. If the Lord wouldn't, isn't pushing us forward, then he's not worthy 
of our lives being given to him. You say, well, that's, that's kind of touchy, Pastor Greg. Well, we know he is worthy of our lives being given to him. And so because of that, he is there to push us forward and to urge us on, not because he, he, he wants to just correct us. He wants us to begin to look less like the mess and look more like his best, right? That's what he's wanting for us. I mean, there, we, we have enough images and reflections of the mess that's in the world, right? And, and a better package of the mess in the church isn't going to reach the lost. We need to begin to show his best and not just a better version of the mess, right? Or sweep the mess under the rug. Or don't talk about the mess. Oh, I better get, get off of that, Pastor Greg. All right, all right. Move on, Pastor Greg. Move on, move on. <laughs> it says here, it says, that The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. Now notice, for then, not before. See, you can't get the horse before the cart. You're trying to make your way a success without doing these things. No, these things come first. That's why it's an optional thing. It's not for your salvation, but victory in life. Having God's best, you got to do these things first. It says, for then you will make your way prosperous, right? And then you will have good success. See, the Word of God is vital. It, to, be, to be prosperous. What does that mean? Is that just financial? It is financial, but it's prosperous in every area. Prosperous in your body. What is the opposite of prosperous in your body? It's lacking the health that you require to do all that you want to do and God asks you to do. Amen. I mean, you know, God, God wants his people healthy, That's right. right? He doesn't want us limited physically. He doesn't want that. Jesus died so that wouldn't take place. Did he? Yes, he did. Get into here. You'll find out exactly what he did, right? The Bible says faith comes by hearing what? The word. Faith for salvation comes for hearing the word about the fact that he died for your sins, right? What about knowing that he died also for your health? Get into what the word of God says. It'll build, it, you'll, have some, you'll have knowledge to build your expectation upon. Amen. What a prosperity could be, you know, in your body, in your finances. How about in your family? You know, the, the divorce rate's 50, over 50% now. Broken homes. And let me just say this. You know, if these things, if they've happened in your life, thank God for the grace of God. You move on. God's moved on. You moved on. If you've confessed it, if you've repented, God, God you moved on, right? But, you know, the, the, the American family is in a mess. God wants happy homes, blessed homes, happy kids, happy parents, right? All the parents said, amen. He, want, he wants your family where your parents are, your kids are a blessing to you. And you're a blessing to them. You know, as a youth, you know, youth minister, I'm the associate pastor here, but also the youth minister. And one of the things that, that has really happened in the last, uh, you know, several years, 10, 15 years, there's a real hatred amongst kids towards their parents. There's a, there's a very real hatred that, that is brewing in the hearts of young people towards their parents. And that's not from God. That's the influence of this world because it's a reflection. Listen, if, God, if the devil can get involved and warp the home and how, how children approach and look at their parents, he can get involved in how you look at and approach your heavenly father. 
Really, the truth is he doesn't care about your family. The devil really doesn't care whether your kids like you or not. That's not his point. He, for him, everything goes back to separating you from the love of God and doing what God called you to do, everything. Why? Because he hates God more than he hates any of us. And so, you know, we, we, we can stand against these things, but we have, to, we have to produce some things to offset the influence that's in this world. Amen? Everybody, everybody out there this morning? It's important. It's such an important thing. I'm glad to say we don't have those problems around here. We're not, you know, everything's perfect. No, we don't have those problems around here. People are growing. Amen. Praise God. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that's according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have a good, you'll have good success. Um, I just want to look at a few things um, uh, uh, here. Go with me over to Matthew chapter 4. It's 11.39. Time always moves faster than I realize. Matthew chapter 4. Praise God. Mm, 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 mm. I want to read this, um, uh, uh, pat, this passage, passage here. And... Um, Notice a few things here in Matthew chapter 4, the first verse says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Remember I said a couple weeks ago that, you know, a little bit of heat is required if you're going to produce. If you're going to bake, bake some bread, you can't just leave it on the stovetop and expect it to, to produce. Some heat's got to be given. The testing of our faith produces. The testing of our faith produces. And it says here that, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted, not to be defeated, but to be tempted. You know, if, if, if temptation, persecution, resistance, whatever you want to call it, heat that comes up, you know, there are times that the Lord will lead you into situations that will require you to stand your ground. And put to work, put to, to action the things that you've learned to, to, to the, the ingredients that you've mixed together in your life to give them an opportunity to produce something, not for your detriment, but for your blessing. And Jesus was led into the, into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. You know, Jesus, this was the start of his public ministry. This is the very beginning of his public ministry. This was so important for him. This was a huge deal for Jesus this was an opportunity for Jesus to set a track record of victory over the enemy. I don't know if you realize how important that is, but Jesus had a lot of things that were expected of him, a lot of things he had to do. There were a lot of victories he was going to have to win over the course of the next three years. And then ultimately the victory on the cross and then in hell itself when he, when he took the, the, the keys of the kingdom, right? The keys of death and, and the grave when he took those. And this was a starting place for him. You know, we all need to start where we are. Every opportunity that comes your way, why is it so important not to run from them, but to head them face on? Is because there are groundworks and foundations for a track record of, his, of victory in your life. Small victories prompt you and encourage you to take on bigger battles. Right? The Bible says the storms of this life, they come to us all, right? 
And they come to us all, right? Has anybody experienced any storms in the last few years? Yeah. Storms are going to come. But when you have opportunities on little areas to, to test your faith, to have your faith put to the test and to see God come through, when bigger storms arise, listen, if your house, it, you build your house and it stands up in a 10-mile-an-hour wind, when a 20-mile-an-hour wind shows up, you're not, that, you're not that nervous about it, right? And if it stands up in a 20-mile-an-hour wind, when the 30-mile-an-hour wind shows up, you're not that nervous about it. Now, if it's rocking and rolling a little bit, then, you know, you got to strengthen some things and batten some stuff down and make some changes, right? And it exposes areas where you need to make adjustments, Right? What are you doing? You're getting ready for the next 30-mile-an-hour wind, but you're also getting ready for what? The next 40-mile-an-hour wind. If a bigger storm comes your way or a bigger temptation comes your way. And so now, you know, because of the way we do things, you know, houses, Travis, what? Codes that they are in, hurricane codes. How long would you say they've been in existence? 20, 30 years? So you go back 20, 30, maybe 50 years ago, Hurricanes would come through our, our, you know, the south. We live in the hurricane area. Hurricanes would come through Florida. Hurricanes would do a lot of damage. Who remembers back in, in, in years and years ago where hurricanes would come through and the destruction would just be smaller storms would do greater destruction? Anybody agree? When you look at pictures, the pictures of Dora, pictures even of Andrew in 1992. I mean, pictures of Andrew in 1992. I mean, it was devastation. It was a big storm. But that same storm today, by today's standards, wouldn't do the same damage. Why? Because they fortified things. The testing of those standards caused them to increase their standards, right? And to grow in those areas. This was important for Jesus because he was going to face things more important than, than, you know, feed yourself. He was going to face life and death decisions. But because of his ability to withstand these decisions and, and to do and to have his faith tested and produce victory. Remember I said, God didn't lead him there for defeat. God led him there to produce a victory. Listen, God only has victory for you. God, God's not looking to do anything to harm you, ever. But at the same point, he wants you to grow so that you're not dependent upon other people. You can stand on your own two feet. It's his ability and grace that goes through you, but it's still your feet in your life that you have to stand on. He can't do your standing for you. I can't do your standing for you. You can't do your standing for me. The apostles, they couldn't do the standing for Jesus. Jesus had to know this. And it prepared him for what was coming. Listen, pass the test. You, pass, you take a test in grade school so you can move on. Pass a test so promotion can come. So when a storm comes, uh, you know, a storm comes through, you're not worried about it. You know your generator works just great. You know your house is going to be fine. We had the big storms that came through. What year was that? 2005, all the storms came through, or four or five, all the storms, you know. Our neighborhood, you know, all the lights were out. Our house, we had lights on. Had the fans running. It, it was, you know, it still, we didn't have the AC on. But, you know, I had the fans. It was comfortable. We weren't in the dark. Why? Because we, we already had our generator set up. We had learned from being out of power before. We had learned what to do. So we had things set up so when the next storm came through, house was fine, we were fine. When the power came back on, okay, we just turned the generator off, went back to whatever we were doing before. Pass the test. 
Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, that doesn't mean you go looking around, are you trying to lead me into something, Lord? Listen, you don't need that. It, it, it will find you. It will find you. But you need to check your heart on things and see what it, what's really going on here. Listen, he's never going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. Well, you know, Pastor Greg, people go through stuff and they, they collapse. They were able to handle it. But whether you actually do it or not is up to you. I mean, God's done everything he can do for us. I mean, Jesus gave everything. And I'm telling you what, folks, the victory is guaranteed. It belongs to us. It is yours just as much as the clothes you're wearing today. They belong to you. Amen. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And he said to them, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the word of God. Now, it is, it's interesting here. When you look at what happened, Jesus was led into the wilderness uh, uh, for 40 days. He fasted for 40 days. How many of you have fasted before? That, that, is, that is a real effort to control your flesh, is it not? Amen. It, amen. Come on, let's be. It, it's an effort. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. He got his flesh under control. If you can control your flesh for 40 days and 40 nights... I'd say you, got, you have pretty good control over your flesh. And also, when, when the enemy came to him, he said, it is written. How did he know what was written? He had already found out what was written. He didn't wait until the test showed up to find out what was written. He already knew what was written. If you look over in Luke, the fourth chapter, it says uh, Jesus. You can turn, hold your place there, Matthew. Go over to Luke. Speaking about Jesus when he was a boy, or Luke chapter 2. See, Jesus is, is our example, and we, can, we, we learn so much from him, we're, and we're to imitate him. In Luke chapter 2, in the 40th verse, it said, The child grew and became strong in spirit. He became strong in spirit, meaning he didn't start off strong in spirit. Are you telling me Jesus what didn't start off strong in spirit? I don't know what your Bible says. My Bible says he grew and became strong. If you become something, it means you weren't with that before. Now, what was his spiritual condition before? I don't know, but I do know that he grew stronger. He became strong. Grew strong in spirit. Notice, filled with wisdom. How did he grow strong in spirit? He was filled with wisdom. What is that talking about? He knew what was written. To be strong in spirit, one of the most important things, you have to know what's written. He was able to control his flesh for 40 days because he already knew what was written. When the question came, he knew the answer already. Why? Because he already knew what was written. He already knew what was written. Time in the Word of God on a daily basis is so important. If you're, listen, before the devil even showed up, just dealing with himself, he had to know what was written. We want to blame everything on the devil all the time. The devil this, the devil said this, the devil did that. A lot of times it's us. I'll say it this way. A lot of times it's me. So you don't feel so bad. It's me. 
The devil had nothing to do with it. God is omnipresent. The devil isn't. He's got other people he's aggravating. Sometimes I'm aggravating myself. Right? I'm doing stupid things myself. Why is that? My flesh just, the, 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 the fallen nature of man just loves to wallow in the mud. Doesn't it? I mean, just turn on the television. Human nature is pretty disgusting. I mean, you turn on Maury Povich or something, I mean, you're, you're going to see all kinds of crazy. I don't encourage you to do that. I'm just saying. But, you know, those shows have some of the highest ratings. People, people love it, and they love to watch it. They love, it, just, it just, what is it? It's something in fallen nature that just enjoys that kind of nonsense. And it's really pathetic, isn't it? Fighting over crazy stuff and, and stuff the devil didn't do. Stuff that they did. And make it and glorifying it. Really, that's what it is. It's glorifying it. Praising it. Lifting it up. Putting it on, on the shelf and so everybody can see it, right? You know how messed up that is? What well, human, fallen human nature that we all have, we, we got to work on that. We have to do something with it. Well, in and of ourselves, if we could have figured it out, we wouldn't have needed Jesus to come. We wouldn't have needed there to be a, the written word. We wouldn't have needed any of these things. In fact, if we could have done it ourselves, humanity wouldn't be in the position they're in. Human beings are pretty smart. Wouldn't you agree? Pretty industrious, right? If we could have figured it out, we'd have figured it out by now. But, you know, trying to do it man's way just creates another loop, another facet, another corner on the mess that we've already made. Jesus, before the thing ever came, he had to, before the temptation came, he had to learn to control his flesh. He did that because he knew what was written. If nothing else this morning, because we're going to be out of time, if nothing else this morning, when it comes to the importance of God's word, just controlling your flesh. And let me tell you something, I'm in the same boat. I got flesh like everybody else. See, preachers don't want to say that kind of stuff, but it's the truth, right? It's the truth. Anybody believe that Pastor Greg has flesh? It's quite handsome, isn't it? But, you know, I mean, we, we, we believe that, right? I mean, I have flesh. You have flesh. I have to learn to control it. Are there times my flesh, my flesh, not the devil, but my flesh gets the better of me? Just as many times as your flesh gets the better of you. That's right. <laughs> good news is, you know, in all, in all of this, the good, the good news is if you feel bad, Listen, Jesus can sympathize. He understands what, what we go through. He understands these things. That doesn't mean he's, he's cool with it and puts it, you know, the, the, the heaven you know, stamp of approval. That's all right, boys, I understand what's going on. No, he, no, but he understands where you're at, and he also understands how to get over it. He understands how to pass the test over his own flesh and the temptation of the enemy. He understands these things. He has a proven track record of victory. In fact, he has no track record of failure. So he understands what you're going through, but he also understands how to handle it every single time. Let me tell you, the devil doesn't have anything new. Your flesh doesn't have anything new. Well, the Bible is 2,000 years old, and some of it's older. It just doesn't apply to Listen, people are the same. People are the same. Going back to Adam and Eve, wanting something they were told, don't touch. Let's be honest. You don't want anything more until somebody says you can't have it. 
right? I mean, you're not even interested at all. Just wait, well, you can't have the, what's, the, what's that? What's that? I don't want to see what that is, right? Can we be real? Don't touch it. We tell my kids don't touch something. I turn around. I mean, they'll put down the, the, the iPad to go touch whatever I told them don't touch. I mean, in the very beginning, I mean, just one generation later, murder happened. Pride. Somebody, God, approves what you did more than me, so I'm going to take you out. Is that, is that sound like life today? Not just murder, but jockeying at work. Right? Posturing. Who's bigger and badder and tougher? It's pride. It's pride. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. Well, it didn't apply today. Did pride come before a fall then? Did, it come, did, did, what, did that word work then? Was it true then that pride comes before a fall then? Well, does pride come before a fall today? Well, it doesn't apply. Yes, it does. If you go back in the, in the New Testament and, and do a history on the, the, the culture, that, the things that were going on during the time that the New Testament was written, I'm telling you what, folks, it looks identical to the things that are going on today. And in fact, in some ways, in many ways, it was actually worse than what it is today. Sin was out in the open. It was celebrated. It was even uh, endorsed and commissioned by, by the, the, the ruling parties of the time. I'm telling you, I, I know, as a side note, we need to know. We need to be fortified in what's right, what's holy, what's acceptable. There is a force at work in the earth that is trying to push this world, our generation, back into a time that was going on then and into a time that happened going back to the garden. There is a force at work trying to manipulate us to do its will and not God's will, to destroy us and to not, to not bless us. We, got, we have as believers, the Bible says we're the salt of the earth, right? We're the salt. If you, what, what does salt do? It preserves things. Isn't that what salt does? It's a preservative. It preserves things. What does preservation do? It withholds rot. It holds back decay. It holds back collapse. You build your house and rot gets in it. Things start rotting. What happens eventually? It's going to what? It's going to fall down. There, there is, I'm telling you folks, we, we have, this has kind of gotten kind of serious, Pastor Greg. Yeah, you know, we, we have to be aware. There are forces at work. Things that are coming against you and your life. Not just, not just Joe Sinner down the street but forces that are trying to, to, to affect and infect you. Get serious. Get quiet. It's the truth. If the salt loses its flavor, if the salt loses its, its preserving, just a little spit thing there, sorry about that. If you don't notice, a lot of times when pastor ministers, all these little, well, it happens to me too sometimes. The other day, pastor got me to just sat on my jacket like a little friend. But anyway, all right, so... I had a, had a little, 
<laughs> what are you shaking your head no, Doug? I've seen you do it before, too, when you do announcements, so you better watch it, all right? Oh, you've been sprayed a few times, too. All right, all right. So it's all right. It's, it's blessed. But, you know, if we, if, we lose, if we lose our preservative factor, I mean, what is holding the world? When I say the world, I'm not talking about planet Earth. I'm talking about the human race whom God loves. He loves enough that he sent his only son. He sent the only son that he had that had always been with him from the beginning and always had always been with him. And it's not this, it, you say, well, he's still, he, well, he's still there. It worked out. He, he's, he's not even there the way he was there before. He had always been with the father from the beginning. And now, what was that exact? How did that work? I don't really know. We'll find out when we get there what things looked like then. I don't know. But things look different now. He's a man. Now, he's God, but he's also the man, Jesus Christ. God gave up his son to change who he was and, and the, the risk of being lost. It was real. You say, well, it couldn't have happened. It could have happened. Otherwise, it, it, wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have even been a worthy sacrifice. There wasn't the possibility. Jesus could have failed the test right here. He could have failed right here and fallen down and worshiped the devil so that he'd have all the kingdoms of the earth. Twisted logic. Get what you want, but do it my way. Well, you know, if we give in to twisted logic, even, even though we think it's got a good end to it, even though we can see there's a godly principle to the end of this thing, but we do it away outside of God's word and the will of God, the product won't be what we think it is. It'll be control. And what will happen is this earth, we're here to preserve it. If we don't do our job, the world, humanity, lives will be lost as a result. Not lost in the woods and can't get their way out and have to call a search party, but lost as in never to be found again. Malaysia air. Lost out in the ocean. Nobody knows what happens or why. You know what I'm saying? I know this is serious. All of a sudden, got really, everybody gets real tense. But, you know, we, we, we have to be aware of these things. The good news is, the great news is, the encouraging news is that whatever the test is, whatever the requirement is, whatever's being asked of us, whatever it is, we are more than able to accomplish it. We've been given everything, the Bible says, that pertains to life and God-likeness, godliness. We've been given everything that, that we need. We're not lacking in any area. We've been given the way to do it, the blueprint to do it, the instructions on how to do it, and then the victory at the end. Somebody else already won it for us. I mean, the instructions on how to do it just the way he did it, which he already did it. You just got to walk it out. Getting into God's word is so important. Getting into God's word is so important. It's so important. I can't tell you how important it is. It's so important. We're going to stop, but I, and I'll say this. We'll pick up another time. But, you know, moving forward in this year, if you want this to be a year of growth in your life, if you want it to be a, a, a month of growth in your life, if you want it to be a week of growth in your life, if you want today to be a day of growth in your life, so why do I break it down to the daily basis? Because a year is made up of 365 days. 
It's a made of a one at a time, one step at a time. That's how we, I got to 40 years old, 40 years worth of days at a time. What is that, Dan? That's a bunch. It's a bunch of days. That's an accountant version. It's a bunch. I got here one day at a time. You know, it's a daily thing. It's not, is it required for your salvation? No. Sadly enough, people go to heaven all the day, all the time. And, and thank God they meet Jesus, and, and what a glorious thing that is. It's a victory. I mean, that is victory. That is a victorious thing, to see your Savior and, and to miss hell. That's victory. That's good. But it's not, as, it's, not a, it's not the full picture of victory that it could have been. Go, you know, they had a good life. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, the blessings of God are there on people just because God's merciful. Well, you know, my life's pretty good. Yes, that's if, if you go through your Christian walk because, and just it's good, it's pretty good. It's kind of apathetic about why these things are important. That's pretty good. You're living off something that, that is just done for everybody. You're not experiencing what he paid for. You're just going by this, this, just the fact that he just loves you so much, he's going to do things for you despite you. Your next breath is, is despite you, right? Your talents that you have, that's despite you. Just because he loves you. You know, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want, I don't want to get, stand before Jesus, who is the Word, made flesh. See Him face to face one day, and that's where I get to know Him. I get to know Him when I stand before Him. I get to re- well, you know Him when you're born again, Pastor. Yeah, you know Him, but get to really know Him. His thoughts, the way He does things. You know, I don't want to get to know Him then, I want to get to know Him now. You can get to know him now. You can get to know him now. I tell you, if you begin to study and feed on God's word, we'll look more at it, like I said later. If you'll begin to do that, you'll begin to develop an appetite for it. It'll become something that you enjoy. It'll become something that, well, I don't have time. But yes, you do. If you've got time for five hours of TV, you have time for 15 minutes in the word. <laughs> if you've got time for Maury Povich, you have time for 15 minutes in the word. When it's all said and done, what's going to be a blessing to you? What's going to do something for you? What's going to produce something? The Word of God is going to produce. And all of it, even in the book of Leviticus, it'll produce. It'll, it'll start producing. Amen. It'll start producing. Well, what do I do, Pastor Craig? How much, we know what, what, how much should I do? Follow the Holy Ghost. We'll talk more about this, but you know, I just follow the Holy Ghost when I, when I sit down to read the Word. But at the same point, I also have a plan. I also have things that are set up. I have another thing I set up reading the Bible at certain stages. I do that just because it's just good, a good habit for me. And if the Lord stops me on something, I'll let him stop me. If he brings something else to my attention, I'll do that as well. But I also, both is good. Both is great. Listen, when you're seeing things and God's showing you stuff and you're getting to know your Savior better and you're seeing things you didn't see before, suddenly you, you, you don't mind it so much. Well, praise God, I've gone on long enough. We'll we'll get back here another time. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.